0: Welcome to the 1689 Evangelism Podcast, where we endeavor to replace pragmatism with biblical practice. My name is Stefan Albin. I'm the pastor of Strasburg Baptist Church in Strasburg, Missouri, and I'm joined by Dr. Thomas Johnston, who is the Senior Professor of Evangelism at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and the founder of Evangelism Unlimited. I'm glad you've all joined us, so let's dive right into today's episode. The 1689 London Baptist Confession, Chapter 10, Paragraph 1 In God's appointed and acceptable time, He is pleased to effectually call by His Word and Spirit those He has predestined to life. He calls them out of their natural state of sin and death to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ. He enlightens their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God. He takes away their heart of stone and gives them a heart of flesh. He renews their wills and by His almighty power turns them to God and effectually draws them to Jesus Christ. Yet, He does all this in such a way that they come completely freely since they are made willing by His grace. Dr. Johnston, uh, I wanted to talk to you this morning about God and His sovereignty and how that affects our understanding of evangelism. And I think the best way to do this is to to, to bring up the Ordo Salutis, or the or the order of salvation. And to my understanding, there's a Reformed Ordo Salutis, and then there's a more um, Arminian or uh, semi-Pelagian order of salvation could you give us um an order of salvation that is uh, that understands the sovereignty of god
1: um yes thank you so much uh Seth, for that great question and there's a lot of things going on in this question uh that i can address one thing is that we have a god who acts uh, outside of space and time and he's already determined or 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 elected certain people uh, outside of space and time to be his bride and then we come back in our own world here in space and time and we try to figure out how in the world does God make this happen um, um, on earth here as, as uh, for God a day is, is a thousand years a thousand years is a day it's a totally different viewpoint from him and I think that's where a lot of the crux of the problem happens but also, I want to say, just in, in opening up here, because I think I think the the distinction between uh, uh, um, Augustinian and pelagian uh, augustinian and, and semi-pelagian is is actually a false uh, distinction. I think august augustine St. Augustine was so smart that he threw a monkey wrench into into the history of uh, theological studies by by uh, by moving. The goalposts. Let me just okay. answer why the the yeah. big issue is evangelical versus sacramental. That's yeah. the big issue. The big issue is not um, what happens in the mind of God and what happens in the mind of man in salvation. That's not the big issue. The big issue is, do I have to have be dunked or have water thrown on my head in order to be saved? Does a man in his hand have to take water in a in a some kind of a laver, laver or or uh, or a saucepan and dump it on my head for me to be saved, and that is totally sacramentalism. And does the Holy Spirit work in with and by the elements of the sacrament? That is the water. And so what happened is is Augustine was smart enough to 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 shade and to tw- and to twist the um, uh, the uh, the issue, the question onto something totally other than that so that we we so that we don't even discuss that in church history as we ought to uh, which which is why there's so much misunderstanding when it comes to salvation but i will address the question you asked the order of salvation god is always first in everything he is the first cause he is the initiator of everything and and um and so when we when we look at it uh when we look at it that way, um, God calls and we respond to his call. Now, one way of looking at that is to consider uh, the question, which is, I think, the, the cru- crux of the matter, who pulls the trigger of our salvation? Who has the authority that is, is it God or man? Now, is it man, the parent, saying we're going to baptize our child? Hmm. And, and so that, that pulls the trigger. Because we've decided we're going to baptize our child and that, that's going to do it. Or is it the priest or the pastor who's going to uh, um, baptize somebody? And the reason I say baptism is because that is the initiatory rite in, uh, in sacramental thought uh, where we are initiated into the church and, and, and savingly initiated into the church. That's why I'm only highlighting that one sacrament uh, or that one or a sacrament. By the way, I don't like the word sacrament because it mm. has this false meaning. I use the word Eucar- yes. uh, pardon me. I use the word uh, uh, ordinance. Oh, yeah. Yes. So um. So then, going back, then backtracking a little bit, who pulls the trigger of our salvation? So we're outside of space and time. We have God who elects His own. We have God who decides to send Jesus. We have God who gives all who gives all men a conscience. By the way, who sends Jesus for the totality of our salvation from, from his perfectly fulfilling all the righteous requirements of the law of God, perfectly fulfilling the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. So he could say, it is finished on the cross. What was finished? He had purchased our salvation full and free. He had fully enacted, fully obeyed every part of the law of God. So when he died on the cross, he was literally the blameless, sinless son of God who became then the the uh, um, the sin-guilt uh, offering for all of humanity in in a general way, but also for for those who would call on his name in a particular way, or those who were foreordained or actually who were uh, elect in a particular way. Very, very fascinating. So... We have God sending Jesus. We have God giving all men a conscience. We have God speaking to men through dreams, through um, through uh, sickness on their bed. We have God declaring his glory in the heavens. All kinds of activity of God, even before the evangelist ever comes into the picture. Next, we have God sending the evangelist. The perfect example of this is in Acts 16. If you don't mind, Acts 16, we have the Macedonian call. And our question is, did Lydia of Thyatira, was she the one that was the, the one who pulled the trigger of her salvation? And the answer is no. Mm. No, God was all over that. So God called Paul to go to Macedonia. He actually saw a man and not a woman. If he'd seen a woman, maybe he hadn't, wouldn't have gone. I'm, I'm, not being, I'm, I'm not being, you know, but because being real here, okay? So he saw a man of Macedon- Macedonia come over and help us, and he concluded that God had called us to evangelize them. Actually, the word, the verb evangelize is found in verse 10 of Acts 16. So after many, many verbs describing his transportation and traveling, then we end up in verse in verse 13, where there's a number of women gathered for a place, at a time of prayer. And and God and Paul is speaking to all the women gathered there. But the Holy Spirit lays his finger on the heart of one woman. And that's Lydia Thyatira in verse, six, in verse 14. And that verse is so powerful, um, especially in, in, the, in, the, in the Greek. Um, I just want to highlight it. Uh, and a certain woman named Lydia, comma, a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira comma, a God-fearer or a worshiper of God was listening. All she did was listened. That's the only thing we have of her. Then we come back and it's the evangelist, um, but actually the next the next line after the, the semicolon here in the Greek, whose heart the Lord opened? Hmm. And then, comma, to receive the things spoken by paul so we have three actors here we have paul the evangelist we have lydia the recipient and we have god who is superintending everything so for anyone to say that lydia was the one that read that that, we, that 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 pulled the trigger for her salvation no she sure. all she did is listen and god right. opened her heart now um the, the, the amazing thing is that there was other ladies there. and we don't read about them because God didn't do that to them. We only read of of Lydia. So we have a plurality of women at this at this uh, prayer meeting of, by the by the riverside, but only one on whom the Lord acts in a particular way, in a particular way. And so it is clearly evident that God, opens the hearts of some and 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 in others he does not open their heart no. now to add more complexity into this whole thing um, my good brother because you asked a question is okay. we still have people who respond to the gospel who are a seed sown in a shell of soil according to Jesus who believe for a moment and then at a the time of tribulation fall away and that is crazy to understand. And then we have people who, on whom the seed is sown in the weed-infested soil. So they respond, but they bear no fruit. And then we have the good soil. So even though we have, so in the parable of Jesus, which is probably one of the the, the deepest and most uh, encouraging, actually, uh, parables for, for the true evangelist, um, is, that, is, that, um, is that not everybody who responds, uh, positively to the gospel message continues on. I know, uh, um, I know, and I've written on Billy Graham. I've been I, my dissertation is on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with, with, with all his um, approach to harmatology and various ways that he uh, uh, his ecumenical uh, approach to uh, uh, unfortunately, ecumenical approach to evangelism. Mm-hmm. However, um, when when people attack Graham that only 10% of the people who respond um, um, stay with the Lord after a year or so after studies have been done by various people. um, Those who respond to the gospel, there's going to be three responses according to Jesus. And that's found in all three of the parable of the sowers or parable of the sower, uh, of the soils, whatever you want, whatever person uh, prefers. The fact is, is so, and it's, it wide is the way that leads to destruction. Many of those run. It narrow is the way that leads to salvation. Few of those who find it. So we have here in Lydia an example of the good soil where God opens her heart. She's not like an Ananias and Sapphira who believed, but then they deceived the church. She's not like like a, a, a limus, a magician um, um, in uh, is, is no Simon the Sorcerer in mm-hmm. Acts 8. Who believes and is baptized by 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 uh, uh, by Philip. It's like he's. I mean, his baptism is affirmed by the evangelist. But um, anyway, so he. Um, um, by the way, I've got somebody at the door. I apologize. Okay. No, that's fine. We, we can go. pause. Yeah. So, Dr. Johnston, you have
0: outlined um, an understanding of of God's monergistic work in our salvation um and how that that truly rests on him as as the first cause and you've even outlined some of the uh the, the issue that comes with um sacramentalism or sacerdotalism, and and the the rub that we find between um uh, kind of the baptismal regeneration system. Uh, That's something that I definitely want to do a a podcast, a whole podcast on because it's such an important topic. Yes. But focusing in again on um, the work of God and salvation and uh, the role of the evangelist Mm -hmm. as a, um, as someone who understands God's sovereignty and salvation, but also sees the need for Christians to uh, evangelize. W- what kind of encouragement would you give a, a reformed Christian who who has a burden for uh, the lost, who, who sees his need to um, to go out and share the gospel and, and yet <laughs> is constantly being questioned about why? He would even need to evangelize if God is is sovereign over salvation in in such a way.
1: That's a great question, Stefan. Thanks for asking it. And it seems like God has chosen not only the the means of salvation being the blood of Jesus, um, and and his death on the cross, but He's also chosen the spokesperson mm. through whom the gospel would be uh would be sent out, and that spokesperson then it becomes uh, even in, in in the words of the Apostle Paul the Father to the person they lead to Christ listen to this verse I happened to preach on a couple weeks ago out of out of first uh, Corinthians 4 um, verse 14 and 15 I do not write these things to shame you but as my beloved children I warn you for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, Yet you do not have many fathers, and here listen to the end of this. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. The person who sows the seed of the gospel, which which plants and and ripens and is and is harvested, becomes, in the words of Paul here, a small father, small f father, or the the. Actually, the generator, the human generator of that faith, and therefore has a has a special place in the life of the person. It's very interesting, and and the the uh, the most obvious example of that in Paul's life is found in Acts sixteen fourteen. Now, in Acts sixteen thirteen, Paul is sent. Well, first of all, he's sent to Macedonia, and he uh, um, he has a Macedonian call, and in verse. Uh, 9 of 16 come over and help us he sees a man from macedonia he concludes that we should go to macedonia for god has called us to evangelize them that's one one of 15 uses of the word evangelize in the book of acts then down verse 13 after a lot of travel and a lot of logistics um, which is part of the part of the christian life is logistics even the logistics of setting up a podcast is part of the Christian life, and part of ministry too. Uh, after after all these logistics, he gets to verse thirteen, and he goes on the Sabbath day, uh, went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and and spoke to the women who had gathered, who had met there. So he's kind of supposing, he, he's he's just going by the spirit, just supposing. That, that that God might be there. So there's plurality of women, but one woman is is uh, chosen by God beforehand, and her heart is opened. And look at how verse fourteen explains it. God is the one who pulls the trigger. By the way, God pulls the trigger in salvation, not Lydia, and the Apostle Paul is a is a um means of it or an instrument used by god but all the other ladies that were there heard the same gospel but only one uh was was moved and 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 touched and enlightened as it were had yeah. a hearing of faith so li- listen the, verse 14 is phenomenal and um and i like to just read it uh and kind of uh ad hoc trans, trans- uh, can, uh translate it from the greek and a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple in the city of Thyatira, a worshipper of God, was listening. whose Whose the Lord opened heart? Okay, so it's a, it's a whole a whole as phraser. Whose heart the Lord opened? Okay, what did the what did the Lord open her heart to? Did it open her heart to uh, the Word of God? Yes. To the gospel, mm. yes, but in this case, it was the words—the opener her heart to take heed to the the words coming out of Paul. Mm. So Paul was speaking, preaching the gospel, and the words coming out of his mouth directly made their their uh, their had had an impact on the heart of Lydia. So you say, well, who is who who is he? the who pulls the trigger well god opened her heart the lord opened her heart first and to take heed to the things spoken by paul so you see how paul is cooperating coordinating or 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 a a um a partner with god in bringing the gospel which is why throughout the bible paul says throughout his, his epistles he says we are Co-laborers with him, kuganoil, okay. kunoil. Ku, 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 we work together with him. Mm-hmm. Soon ergo, it, it, it's amazing. In fact, it's so amazing that that uh, we kind of even hesitate to think that that God would actually do such a thing. In fact, mm-hmm. Jesus even says late earlier when he was on Earth, Jesus said, "He who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. He who Rejects. He rejects me. Who rejects me? Rejects him. We sent me. We think, oh, that's too strong. That's too. How can that be? How can, we, how can you know you, you uh, how the evangelist has has a high view of himself. No, no. The other ladies who were there in verse thirteen, who either ignored or rejected or were not were not moved by the by the uh, by the words of Paul. I mean, we don't hear about them anymore, and all we hear about is Lydia. Right. And so, um, so, I mean, hey, they rejected Paul. They rejected Paul's words. They were rejecting God Himself, the Creator of heaven and earth. It's very powerful, isn't it? It
0: it's is. Amazing. Amen. So, you used an analogy uh, when you were at Strasbourg yes. um, just a, a, a number of weeks back, where it was, you said it was like a Clydesdale horse pulling a little farmer behind right right here yes. the the farmer is is being taken by the this massive horse who who is who is the driving force behind yes. the plowing and uh, essentially you were saying that that god is the one driving he, he's the driving force in evangelism correct and and the christian is just is just happy he's just joyful to be uh, used by god yes. um and so that that's a I think that is a fun picture, and,
1: and yes. a great way to
0: illustrate our role in this yes. process. Uh,
1: excellent, excellent uh, an analogy there. Thank you for bringing it up, uh, Stefan. I used to I used to think of it as as when I thought of a Suge, uh, quote uh, working together as having two uh, two animals side by side with uh, with uh, you know with the the farmer in the back. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, God is one, is 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 one uh, co-laborer. So, so He's right. massive, and we and we're just like, you know, uh, who? I mean, who are we? A single flea right. or a dead dog? I mean, we're you know we're not that much. And so, and to to reverse it and to say working together means God is the driving force. He's at He's at Clydesdale in mm-hmm. the front, and we're and we're just. In the back, hopping on the plow, you know, yeah. hoping yeah. to keep it in the ground. <laughs> and, right, and, Maybe, and yeah. Jesus said, "I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." So, I mean, we are literally coming. the The, the field is is like the gates of hell that are that yeah. are trying to hold people back from coming to Jesus, and the plow just goes through, and and the furrow will cut deep, and the hearts will be open, like Lydia's heart was open. It's mm-hmm. gonna be the way it is. And by the way, I've done evangelism in Africa. I've done evangelism in Europe. I've done it in in Brazil, in uh, up in Canada, and even here in America, it's always the same. It's mm. always the same. You have those who don't listen. You have those that do listen. Um, and there's a four soils. It's always that way. It never it never changes wow. when, when it comes to that. And and, and it's like. It's an amazing thing. It's amazing that God is true to His word, and He has so coordinated the complexities of of, of society, um, much much like, I mean, imagine the the brain chemistry in our in our brain and all the finely tuned, uh, um, uh, you know, liquids and 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 and, and uh, you know, various various uh, brain. Uh, functions that are going on. Well, even far more complex than that is how God arranges all the complexities of of seeds sown in the shallow soil, seeds sown in the in the in the weed infested soil, seeds sown in the good soil, and all these all places, all times, all language groups. He's overseeing it all, and he hmm. and he's totally in control of it all, and and we just go joyfully. As it were, behind that Clydesdale hopping mm-hmm. on the plow, <laughs> asking, asking God yeah. to use us, Amen, and and Amen. He will, and we just go out, we just go out faithfully, and 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 we just and, and just do the work, and and which means knocking on doors, street yeah. evangelism, handing out gospel tracts, any and every way that we can to get the gospel to uh, to go forth, and and God who is faithful. He gives a uh, a a, uh, a harvest for as his word goes out.
0: Yes, man! What an amazing opportunity for Christians to be uh, included in God's work of salvation, right? To be a to be a means to His ends. Um, yes. Yeah, that's that, that's that's so amazing. Um, so hopefully, this has been helpful to those people out there who. Uh, are reformed in their soteriology and, and yet have a burden. Uh, they see the command of God to go and proclaim the gospel to the lost. And uh, yeah, ho- I hope this gives them encouragement. Any last words for them, Doctor Johnston?
1: Yes, yes. I think it would be a travesty for us to sit on our couch watching TV or or to or to be or to sit on a on a chair going through social media and 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 never. And never engage other people in the gospel. Yeah. And so the one thing I, I learned and I just spoke with a, a young man several days ago and and it struck me I should have asked him, When and how do you engage people in sharing the gospel? We have to be intentional. We cannot yeah. we cannot be idle. If, if if we don't if we're not intentionally, I'm gonna on Saturday mornings I'm gonna go knock on doors mm-hmm. or or um or I'm going to go, you know, to this place in in this certain area and and hand out tracts on the street, or I'm going to, you know, de- designate Tuesday night as my uh, as my visitation night to visit visitors of the church, or, mm-hmm. or whatever the context is, you know, and and that the Holy Spirit would 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 urge us and would would uh, cause us to become to take the initiative, because God is always there; He's never yeah. not with His Word. So when we go with His word, we know He's there with us, yeah. uh, and uh, and we just have to we have to literally be intentional. We cannot, we, it it, it uh, going out and, and evangelizing is is not a lazy man's work. We have to plan it, and we have to work our plan, plan our work, and work our plan.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just reminded of what Paul says, right? He says, "Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel." That's, that's um, and so there's there's a burden laid upon us. Amen. Well, thank you, Dr. Johnston. Uh, another great episode. Look forward to being back with you soon. Thank you, Stefan. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more information about 1689 Evangelism, you can go to 1689evangelism.com. If you'd like to find out more about the Resurgence Collective, you can go to theresurgence.site. It was a pleasure being here with you today. We'll see you again very soon.